And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Here we go. The last show of the year. At least this particular one. Welcome, everyone. We are live from the bunker. Jason Hunt here. I am the editor at SciFiForMe.com. And we are glad you're with us. If you are here live... The chat is open. The comments are running. So feel free to uh, share your thoughts and insights as we go through this. And uh, if you are not participating live, that's fine too. Uh, we do have uh, the comments and we do have an email address live from the bunker at sci fi for me.com. So you can share your thoughts as well and contribute to the conversation. We do have all of the social media stuff. Uh, if you want to follow us over on the various different platforms um, for video besides YouTube, we're also on BitChute and uh, we've started a Rumble account, but we haven't got anything over there yet. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Vero, uh, for those of you in the cosplay community, Pinterest, also all cosplay all the time. And then, of course, uh, the alternative platforms, MeWe, Minds, Gab, Parlor. So uh, all of those places where you can find us and uh, communicate with us in addition to uh, the contact form over at SciFiForMe.com. I thought I would spend today just doing a little little light housekeeping, I guess you could say, as we go uh, toward the end of the year. Um, I said yesterday that uh, it was likely 189 was going to be our last episode yesterday. However, me being the completest that I am, I heard that. <laughs> uh, I, I <coughs> excuse me, I realized that yesterday... Being episode 189, uh, it ends the run on a rather odd number. So uh, today is 190. I was hoping that we could get to 200 at the end of the year, but uh, we're not going to do that. So we'll we'll wrap it up at 190. We'll we'll pick things up back on the first full week of January, January fifth, fifth, January fourth, the week of January fourth. We will be back with more. Uh, here on this show, as well as uh, uh, the H2O podcast, and Salacious Crumbs will be back, and Foreign Bodies will be back, Good Morning Multiverse will be back. That whole that whole week, uh, we'll kick off our return, our, our broadcast into 2021. But what I thought I would do today is not necessarily a retrospective on 2020, but uh, we did... We did have a few accomplishments that uh, I think are worth noting 
And then last night on H2O, we made a sort of announcement. We never really had put any kind of thought into making any kind of an official blast thing. Uh, we've talked about it for a while, and I think we basically kind of decided on the fly in the show that we were going to do this. So we'll get into we'll get into our our 2021 plan here in a little bit. Uh, but first of all, what I wanted to do, just looking back at 2021, the first thing that I would like to do is thank all of you who are here, who have been here, who are part of our regular audience. Uh, it is because of you who come in and sit in the seats and are uh, are there giving us your time and attention. We do this kind of thing. I mean, we we enjoy it. But we want to make sure that it's worth the time and the effort that you put into uh, being here as well. So uh, your feedback is always welcome. Your re- your responses and your your thoughts and, and even your criticisms. Uh, if you have things that we don't necessarily like. But, uh, you know, maybe it's something that that we can take into account and we can consider for for updates and revisions. And these things are constantly evolving shows. Um, This particular show has gone through several iterations. The H2O podcast as well. Good Morning Multiverse has kind of settled down into a format. Uh, But even there, there are tweaks and adjustments that we're constantly making. Uh, In addition to, you know, dealing with tech issues from time to time and workarounds and whatnot. So we're we're constantly coming up with new ways to do things, expanded ways to do things, alternate ways to do things. So if uh, if there are any suggestions that you would like to send our way, hey, have you ever thought about fill in the blank? Uh, we welcome those thoughts as well because we're always we're always open to suggestions. Uh, if you've got a particular idea for a show that we don't do as of yet, you know, we're we're open to considering that as well. Hello, Robert, in the chat. Welcome. Thank you for being here this morning, sir. And uh, so, so one of the things, and we post, I posted on Instagram uh, last night after the show. We got an award this year, uh, and. It's okay. It's it's an award, um, and I'll I'll take it, and I will uh, I will uh, assign value to it because there are people who recognize that that we do something and we do it fairly well. Uh, I don't know how much competition we had, and that's fine. Uh, this is Corporate Vision Magazine giving us a small business award for the best horror, sci-fi, and fantasy entertainment news media platform for 2020. Uh, we're very excited about that. I guess uh, you can't really see that. So let me let me pull this up. I, I probably should have pulled this up before I, we started. But um, it's one of those things where you get... Um, you get a thing in the in the email, and it says, "Hey, we you know we like we like what you're doing, and we think that there's uh, we think there's something to this, and and we'd like to we'd like for you to consider uh, running for this award." So we did, and 
and here it is. We've got uh, we've got an award. Let me let me pull this up here. So uh, da -da 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 -da, there. There it is, the Small Business Award. And, you know, it could very well be that these people, you know, they're, they're, they're asking us if we're interested in promotions packages and marketing consulting and, and that kind of thing. So it's kind of a sales bit. I get it. But it's an award. So I'll take it. I, I'm, I'm very pleased that uh, even if uh, it's part of a sales pitch, it is still a recognition from somebody out there that uh, that we're doing something of note. So uh, people people sit there and say, "Hey, we like what you're doing," even though we don't have a whole lot of people looking at us. Uh, although I will say that over the last couple of days, uh, our our website, our dot com, has blown up over the last article that uh, Gabe Coelho put on there about Monster Hunter getting banned from China. So congratulations to him. Job well done there. Uh, and, and it's one of those things, and when we talked about this, uh, Mrs. Boss and I talked about this yesterday after we looked at the numbers and realized that uh, it was blowing up. Gabe had put the link to the article in a couple of places over on Reddit. And being the old man in the room... I will say that uh, uh, I I just don't I don't get Reddit. I, I I understand it in concept. I understand it in the abstract. But from a practical standpoint, when I go over to Reddit, I have absolutely no real good idea what I'm looking at, where I should be looking for certain things. Because Star Wars leaks come out over there. We've got Star Trek leaks coming out over there, and it's really something that I should probably dedicate some time to exploring because we need to have a better understanding of some of the resources that are out there for us to get information. So it might be something that I look at a little bit more during the break uh, just, to, just to kind of wrap my head around it. But Mrs. Boss and I were talking about the fact that, well, maybe we need to do a little bit of a deeper dive into Reddit just to understand the mechanics of it. And see if it's something that we can use uh, as far as you know, marketing, promotion. And now normally there's not a whole lot of things on there say, hey, go check out our stuff because they don't like people spamming their threads and whatnot. But uh, every so now, uh, every so often, I think there's uh, there's an opportunity there that we can that we can use to our advantage. But we've got to be able to figure it out. And we just haven't had time to do that. So hopefully during the break. I'll be able to take a look and just kind of poke and prod and see what I can find out. It's it's part of the overall plan to broaden our promotions efforts for 2021. Uh, that's going to include some advertising, some paid promotions, various different places. We've got an ad that's going to drop in uh, in a few issues of Alterna Comics titles here coming soon. So uh, so there is that. And we may do some Facebook ads or, or whatnot. The idea basically is that we need a bigger audience. We need more attention on the work that my team does here. And so we're making a list and figuring out the best, uh, the best way to do that. Of course, with limited resources that we have here in terms of time and money and manpower, 
Uh, there's not a lot that we can do, but we're going to make efforts. We're going to see what we can do with that. So um, Robert asks, can we Google alerts Reddit so we have searches like Star Wars League generate an alert? Maybe. Um, I am familiar with how Google alerts work. I don't know... I don't know the best way to connect Google Alerts to a certain search in Reddit. There may be I you know I have to I have to sit and think. I don't know. I want to say that I set up a Reddit account at one point for us. I need to go back and look at at at, at all of that and see because if we have a Reddit account, we may be able to set up notifications for certain threads. Do you do? Okay, so. Okay. So anyway, so there there is that. I I need to I need to look into it and see. But yeah, those are the things that we have to explore and figure out. You know whether there's tutorials out there or how-to articles or threads that say here's how you use this. You know we'll we'll figure that out. Uh, the other part of that. With uh, with 2021, you know, getting getting the word out and promoting the site and getting people to notice us, uh, some of that uh, we're going to be encouraging all of you in the audience to do a little bit more as far as sharing links and uh, promoting and being brand ambassadors for us. We have on hand besides our. Besides our stickers that we like to send to people, we have on hand a lot of books in our review pile in the queue here. We've got uh, DVDs and whatnot that people send us for reviews. So what we might do uh, to incentivize our, our brand ambassador plan uh, is maybe, you know, those of you that are sharing links and using our hashtags, maybe we pick somebody at random throughout the year and send you some stuff, send you some free stuff, send you a copy, you know, send you a, one, of, one of the books that we've reviewed or send you some swag. We're looking at right now we're talking uh, about getting uh, new mugs made. Uh, and that looks like it's going to be the beginning of the year before we get our samples back because they are so far behind. And uh, maybe open up a store because we've got some ideas for patches and mugs and, and buttons and stickers and whatnot. So it, we're going to make more of an effort to promote the site from our side, but also incentivize our audience to promote the site. And I'm going to try to do better about uh, the newsletter we did do pretty well this year with the newsletter uh, and, and getting that out on a, on a more regular basis. Uh, January, you know, hopefully I'll hit the ground running and we'll be able to do a news, you know, at least some kind of a thing at least once a month, but we'll see how that shakes out. And now I mentioned manpower, our, our limitations on manpower before. We also are probably going to recruit. Uh, there are there are some people who have expressed an interest in com contributing. We've had, you know, I we've mentioned the revolving door. Uh, all of our contributors, everybody on staff right now is a volunteer. And as much as I would love to change that, 
and to be able to pay all of our contributors, that is kind of one of those things that's just kind of set there because, one, we don't have advertisers. We're not making enough revenue on our YouTube ad revenue money thing, too. And we, you know, it's it's one of those things where, not to sound ungrateful, but 1,500 subscribers doesn't get us a whole lot in terms of traffic and ad revenue. And, you know, that's just, that's a numbers thing more than anything else. And we are working up ideas for trying to get more eyeballs on the thing. I'm, I'm thinking of some different ways that we can best or better utilize our social media and try to find some tools to streamline and, and maximize the amount of time that we sit and, and do that so we're not on social media all day, but we're able to use social media in terms of things like TweetDeck and Hootsuite and things where we can schedule things uh, throughout the week and maybe cut down on the amount of time that we spend making the social media posts and just let it work for us in the background. So there's a lot of different things uh, that we're hoping to do on the, on the, uh, on the side of things. Uh, Robert asked, would emphasizing one of the most attractive aspects of your content help? What is the, one of the most attractive aspects of our content? I mean, aside from the fact that we've got Ray's steampunk sign back here, that is most definitely one of the most attractive things that we've got in our studio. Um, what? Well, I mean, it goes without saying, Mrs. Boss, but you're not on camera a lot, uh, I must point out, and for reasons, and, you know, that's, <laughs> no, you have sat there and said, you've given me, you, we've talked about this, you know, I mean, even now, you're sitting over there, and you have spoken to me as part of this program, and you're not using your microphone! I'm working, and uh, our generational appeal. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, uh, there is that. I mean, Robert points out that uh, yeah. since Tim and I were both uh, born in 1970, our formative years in the 80s uh, helps uh, with our perspective. And I think it does. And I think also it helps that we have content that appeals across the various demographics, because I look at our statistics on on Google and, and all of the analytics, and we are appealing to 18 all the way up through people in their 60s. And I don't think that's something that a lot of the other YouTube channels can say. Uh, I think a lot of them are in that 18 to 24, 18 to 34 bracket, and the 35 to 54 bracket and the 55 and up kind of doesn't get served that much. So, yeah, it's it is definitely something that uh, that we like to talk about here. The fact that we make the joke, we're the grownups in the room. Uh, a lot of that is because we don't do the rage bait, clickbait, anger, anger headlines, uh, the clickbait stuff like you'd find over at Comic Book Resources or or, uh, or BuzzFeed or anything like that. Five reasons why and five reasons why not. We don't do those kind of articles. We don't do those kind of, those kind of headlines. And it's 
something that we try to maintain in terms of our tone, for lack of a better word, uh, when we say, you know, the grown-ups are back, we're, we're trying to handle all of this content. And that, content is really just kind of a terrible thing. Back in the day, we used to call it programming in TV. And I think I'm going to try to make a, a more concerted effort to use that word as opposed to content. This is our programming because we're right now, we are primarily a TV channel. It just happens to be on YouTube, and we have a, a website. We have a .com in support of that, uh, but we're essentially a TV channel, and uh, I, I like to think of us that way and not as a YouTube channel because that puts certain limitations on what people expect, I think. And that informs our approach to our programs because we're not just sitting there taking the same angle that all of these other YouTube channels take with regard to Star Wars and Star Trek and Doctor Who and and uh, Battlestar Galactica and She-Ra and Disney films and Marvel films and all of that other stuff. Uh, Robert says, what I like most is recommendations from you and Tim that 50-year-olds would understand. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, <clears throat> I think. Well, for example, and I think the other thing, too, and, and I've had conversations with my son about this uh, on, on other subjects, but I think it applies here as well. When you have people like me, Tim, uh, those of us who have been around for a while, and you have people that are slightly younger, you know, Mindy's age and, and, and that set, we have a different perspective on a lot of this stuff that's different from the 20-somethings that you're finding in a lot of these YouTube channels, a lot of these other other places, you know, sites like the Mary Sue and Nerdist and, and uh, io9 and, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, we're, we're not just reacting to things. We respond in some cases, uh, but a lot of the stuff that we talk about is stuff that we have. Life experience counts for something. And I think when we come in and we sit there and go, okay, well, you know, this is, everybody else sees a piece of headline and they think, oh, well, this is the disaster. And we can sit there and take a step back and go, well, it may or may not be. We have a, a, a broader view because we've experienced more than a lot of these 20-somethings have. And it's an understanding that things evolve and change and grow and, and contract. And what you're reacting to now that's a terrible bad thing is not going to last so, you know, the people, I'm, Doctor Who is, is a good example of this. I'm not a big fan of uh, the Chris Chibnall stuff. I haven't watched a whole lot of Jodie Whittaker's run, mainly because the marketing of it turned me off because it was so political in the identity, you know, identity politics. It wasn't selling me on a story. It wasn't selling me on a new doctor. It was selling me on... Uh, she's a woman. And I don't care 
that she's a woman. But when that's your that's your big emphasis, uh, and you're not focusing on what kind of stories you're going to tell, you're not giving me any kind of any anything of substance, then I'm not interested. And it, you know, Doctor Who's just one example of that. But it's it's one of those things where I know Jody's run is not going to be forever. Chris Chibnall will not be there forever. Things will change. Uh, it's like the weather in Missouri. You wait five minutes and it'll it'll give you something else. These franchises are doing the same kind of thing. We're seeing it now with the Mandalorian uh, and Favreau and Filoni doing what they're doing as opposed to what Kathleen Kennedy has been doing with the movies. And now there's this big dichotomy it seems, uh, in, in Star Wars. And it's causing rifts and splits among the fandom menace and, and other, other groups that are back and forth in different fan groups. We don't associate, we don't sit there and claim any kind of brand. Fandom menace, comics gate, what, anti-comics gate, whatever. Because, one, it puts us in one category and others us for everything else. But also, the longer a movement goes, whether it's a political movement or a religious movement or a fan movement or a consumer movement, the longer it goes, the more it will divide. And we're seeing it now with Fandom Menace. There are some people that are they're going after each other there. Uh, and it's not something that we want to participate in. We are fans but we're responsible adults as well, and there are things we like and things we don't like, and we're not always necessarily going to agree on everything, and we understand that we're not going to agree on everything, and that's fine. And we all survive, and we move on. And if there's something you like, great. If you don't like it, that's fine too. And we take that approach with all of the stuff that we make here. Where, you know, we've got Star Wars programming and Doctor Who programming, and we had Star Trek programming for a while, but nobody was watching it, so it's on hiatus. We adjust. We make, we make adjustments, and we pivot, and we change, and we tweak, and, and maybe we bring those back. Maybe we don't. Maybe we do something else. We've got some ideas for some different shows that we're going to do. Uh, some stuff that we'd like to bring back, some stuff that we will continue. So there is all of that. Uh, Robert says, we share an age with many sci-fi creators. 50-year-olds have accomplishment behind them and many control the sci-fi creation. Maybe we can emphasize that. Uh, it, possibly. Yeah, there's a, there's a number of different angles that we can take when we're marketing our stuff. Uh, one, of the, one of the things being that, you know, Tim and I have made films. Uh, I've been in media for 32 years now, radio, TV, motion pictures, newspapers. I've done a little bit of all of it. So we have a perspective that some of these other sites, some of these other people who are in the business don't have, uh, especially when it comes to just you know the YouTube personalities that are just doing it because they're fans. They got a YouTube channel and they start, you know, they, they get a camera and they start talking. There is, uh, there is a benefit, there is some advantage to formal training. Uh, and not everybody on our staff has formal training in media production. And there's nothing that says you have to. Uh, and as we can see from our subscriber numbers, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, having formal training in media production means you're going to get the audience. 
I mean, we're sitting at 1,530, and there are a lot of these other YouTubers. I mean, Jeremy Hambley over at The Quartering just crossed a million subscribers. Good for him. Congratulations. But, uh, you know, uh, Drunk3PO just crossed, I think, 12,000. So, you know, there are a number of channels out there that are blowing up, uh, but some of them, I think, could be blowing up for the wrong reasons. And how long that lasts is anybody's guess. I would rather, if we're going to grow our audience slowly, as it looks like we're doing, I would rather grow our audience with quality programming rather than just whatever the whatever the the uh, the angry rant of the week is. So we'll continue to do things the way we've been doing them. Uh, slow and steady wins the race and all of that. But uh, you know, occasionally, occasionally I might throw an angry rant in there for something if I'm if I'm so motivated. It doesn't happen that often. I try to stay on balance rather rational here. Uh, so it is, uh, it's one of those things where we're just kind of sitting and taking things as, as we go. But yeah, if, uh, if anybody, if anybody is interested in contributing, or if you know somebody that might be worth a look, if you're, you know, cause we're also looking at, uh, collaborations, we're looking at, uh, doing some partnerships with other, uh, uh, other creators, uh, other people who've got specialties that maybe we don't have. Um, I'm not sure if we want to get back into the gaming side of things so much because there are so many different uh, channels and websites that do that now. And it really doesn't appeal to me uh, to be part of the games journalism world because uh, right now game journalists are not held in very high regard. And I don't know if it would be to our advantage to set ourselves apart from places like Games Radar or uh, Kotaku or any of those. But again, you get back to resources and manpower. If we had people who could dedicate their time and attention to the, the news of the gaming world and do it in a way that doesn't make us appear to be shills for any particular gaming company, then I would, I would likely consider it. And that's another thing that, uh, you know, as far as comic books or the film and, and TV industry, any of the publishers you know our our goal is to objectively cover news and when we have opinion pieces you know it's it's specifically an opinion piece and we mark it as an opinion piece and we're not doing anything here in order to gain access anywhere and you know maybe that's maybe that's another reason why we haven't grown very much is because one we don't have the insiders. We don't have people giving us scoops. Uh, we have made connections with people who work in various places, but we haven't really done very much to exploit those uh, connections, really to, to, what's the word that I'm looking for? Massage those relationships, nurture those relationships in order to be able to say, hey, we heard about X. What can you tell us? And it's one of those things where, 
you know, maybe we've fallen behind the eight ball on that. Maybe we, you know, I need to go through my LinkedIn connections and my Facebook connections and the people that I've, you know, that I've talked with and said, you know, hey, I'm not looking for, uh, you know, blockbuster stories, but if there's something that you can share to give us some clarification on some things, that would be great. I mean, and you know, if we get the occasional scoop, that's fine. But like, uh, like we see right now playing out with the Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett with Grace Randolph getting, getting, uh, dragged for, uh, her reporting, you know, that whole back and forth between her and Andy Signor, I'm not interested in that kind of thing. I'm not interested in sitting there going, you know, We've got, we've got a scoop, we've got a scoop, and then double down on the scoop, whether it's right or not. I'm not interested in that. Well, I think some of it, and yes, you can turn on my camera. Oh, oh. But I think some of it, it's like you said, it's not, you are, I know you're connected to a lot of people that... You know, through LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and all that stuff. And I know how some of them are like, oh, look who here. Look what mm-hmm. I got here. And it's, and I can see where some people may be fearful that you have someone who is from, you know, out of the blue, talking to me, trying to pick my brain on the latest scoops and stuff. But I think some of it, that we might want to look into is not so much, hey, we want to scoop as much as we would love to. Can we get a clarification? This is what things are saying. We don't want to scoop, but we just want like a dictionary definition because as long as you have been a part of the media doing your different parts and things and so forth, I'm you know a lot of stuff, but then again, there's a lot of stuff that because you're not, on the inside, you know, they may have their different terminology. It's like me and my job having different terminology for right. something that's simple. And, you know, sometimes it's just nice to reach out and be like, hey, they say this. And I just I want to clarify what the definition of this is without, you know, specifics. I mean, even that would be good because, you know, you, you, you do get a lot of these YouTubers and people talking and, well, they're saying this, but it could be this, this, and, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I'm rambling, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I know. And I think part of it, too, is uh, in, in this climate where we are looking, you know, so many, so many media sites are looking for the gotcha and they're looking for the 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 way to get somebody and and we've seen with uh, uh, people like Doomcock and Midnight's Edge where there are specific intentional disinformation campaigns that are out there trying to you know tell people well this is this is who this is who we are this is what we're doing and whatnot and it gets reported now Doomcock's very uh, very careful. Mm-hmm. And the and the gang over at Midnight's Edge they do pretty well with this as well because they they be they are uh, very upfront when they have things that are rumors because a lot of this stuff you're not going to be able to get any kind of verification on or or corroboration from more than one source and the rule in journalism. And those of you at the New York Times need to remember this. 
uh, Washington Post, L.A. Times, USA Today, Pretty CNN, much all of them. everybody. The rule of journalism is that you need to have at least two sources corroborating your information. Otherwise, it's rumor and hearsay, and it's worthless. And I can sit here and I can say I have a source or I have a I have two sources or I have three sources that are telling me things without giving you any kind of information as to where those sources are, what kind of sources they are. Those sources, if they're anonymous, they have no credibility at all unless two things. The reporter, and in this case us, has to have a certain amount of credibility and trust with the audience. And I think that we do have that. We don't sit here and sensationalize things. We don't go after the big, hot, headline, clickbait thing. We don't do that sort of thing. So I think if we were to sit there and say, we have a source inside Lucasfilm who is telling us this, but we also have to make sure to clarify that we're not able to confirm. And I think if it, when you approach it like that, it gives you more credibility than sitting there saying, I, I know for a fact that this is what's going on. And I think that's one of the reasons why so many people are blowing back at, at Grace Randolph, because she's doubling down, saying that she has this for certain. But until, until you identify the source or the source comes out and says whatever it is that they're saying— it's all still rumor and hearsay. And, you know, with the Pedro Pascal situation, for example, over at The Mandalorian, we don't know anything about what happened. Now, if we've got, like I said over on Ranker Pit the other day, you know, if Grace Randolph says, I have sources inside Lucasfilm who are telling me X, and Doomcock and Midnight's Edge, they both, you know, they come out and they say, well, we've got sources inside Lucasfilm telling us X. And you have various different places that are reporting different aspects of the same story and they're from different perspectives. At least as far as we know, we have no idea if their sources are the same or if they're different or what. But if multiple outlets are reporting, then maybe there's something there. But again, it still goes back to some sites are addressing rumors and saying these are rumors and some are saying, here's what I heard and reporting it as fact. And I think you get into that very dangerous territory where your credibility is at stake if you're reporting something as fact when it's something that cannot be independently verified. And I think that's what a lot of sites make the mistake that we have not yet made. And I'm sure at some point we'll make a mistake, we'll report something, we'll get it wrong. But so far, that has not been the case. And, of course, a lot of it depends on having sources. So if you work at Lucasfilm, if you work at Disney or Warner Brothers or AT&T or Warner Media or uh, Pixar or, or ABC or CBS or, you know, Viacom or any of those places, if you have information that you can share with us, even if it's anonymous, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it anonymous if we need to, you know, just do it on background. I would love to have sources to give us information that we can credibly report. Now that's, again, it goes back to credibility and trust. 
there are sites that that continue to uh, beat the beat the clickbait drum, and eventually, you know, it's like we see with giant freaking robot, or we got this covered, or uh, what's another one? Uh, you know, the one that you keep putting putting links in our our cheat sheet yes, on. Uh, Was it uh, uh, fan sided? <clears throat> All of those sites. But as I've pointed out, I use that as a pointer to something. Because if it's there, it's kind of like with these rumors. If where there's smoke, there's possibly fire. Mm-hmm. So with these, I know they're not the greatest sources. But if they're reporting on something, usually there are links and they're going back to some type of source material. But it's also just a direction like hey, this is something we might want to look into because it may actually be something somewhat yeah. legit. Well, and the other part of that, too. I is, know it annoys you. Well, and the other part of it, too, that this is this is another thing that annoys me, and this is something that I, I really definitely want to avoid, and right now we will. But you have these sites like, uh, like Geek and Sundry, for example, or Nerdist, all of these sites that suddenly get, you know, these great huge audiences and great response and they're very popular and then they get snapped up by a media conglomerate where you know uh, Nerdist and Geek and Sundry both got bought by Legendary you've got um, uh, Disney owns ABC and and ESPN and you've got basically this vertical hierarchy where you know like Good Morning America reports on the Mandalorian, but it's not really a report on the Mandalorian. It's a sales piece. It's a marketing piece on the Mandalorian because Disney owns Lucasfilm, Disney owns Disney Plus, Disney owns ABC. Disney owns everything. There's that synergy there that compromises journalistic integrity for a certain amount of of some of this. So that's something that we definitely want to avoid. Even if we get bigger... We don't want to do the whole "Hey, look at us! We love Star Wars." You know, give us access because you know it's been admitted. Several sites have come out now during all of this Disney sequel mess. Several sites have admitted we say nice things about Star Wars so we can keep our access. Well, I think that if we do get bigger, one of the things that we will remember is that. One, it took us forever to get there. Yes, 15-year overnight success, I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing. And I don't think we'll lose sight of that either because you get a lot and it's like all of a sudden they blow up and their heads blow up with it. And I think yeah. you're grounded enough to not have that happen because, you know, we if we do get to that point, yes, that's great, but... It took a lot of hard work, not only on your part, but again, our fans, our viewers, the people who have, you know, followed us through thick and thin through the years, mm-hmm. too. And a lot of those have come in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, you know, we we blew up a little bit during uh, Star Wars Celebration in 2019, and a lot of people who found us then have stuck and, with us. And I've gotta I've gotta give props to Jeremy over at Geeks and Gamers because a lot of their a lot of their audience came over and found us as as we were all going back and forth uh during all of that time. So, you know, uh you know 
every every signal boost is appreciated. We we always enjoy when other people come in and they say, hey, we like what you're doing. We're going to tell other people about it. Well, and at the same time, we'll keep to our roots when it comes down to it. Just yeah. because we're big doesn't mean we can start sitting there and screwing around with that audience. Well, and we're not big yet, but, yeah. but I'm just no, saying. No, I, I know what you're saying. And I agree with you. I think it's very important to keep perspective on why we do what we do. One, we, one, we enjoy it. Two, we do it for the people who show up. And so, you know, when our audience decides that we're doing it wrong, that's when we need to, to reevaluate. But until such time, we continue to do the best we can with what we have and with the resources that we have on hand. And hopefully we, d we will continue to deliver uh, programming that is worth your time and attention. Now, having said all of that, I want to get into what we talked about last night on the H2O podcast real quick before the show wraps up. Something that we have talked about for a very, very, very long time here. And uh, after doing a number of interviews with the alumni of Starlog back last April, we have uh, we've been kicking around this idea for doing a print edition. Now, back in the day when the Sci-Fi Channel was the Sci-Fi Channel, they had a companion magazine that I think is still in print. I think they still do it. It's called I think it's Sci-Fi Magazine. And of course, in our formative years, you know, like Robert is talking about, you know, Tim and I grew up in a time where. You didn't have the internet. We didn't have all of these websites with all these news articles and information and behind the scenes and scoops and interviews and profiles and whatnot. Our source for this information came from fanzines to begin with, and those go back all the way to the 1930s. There's a collection. Uh, I, I want to say it's the University of Indiana. Where is it up north? Oh, uh, that's it's, got, it's in Iowa. It's in Iowa. Okay. We need to make a trip University up there. University up there, yeah. yeah. They, have, they have a collection uh, from a, 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 a science fiction fan, and I can't remember his name right off the top of my head, but he, he collected hundreds of issues of various different fanzines from all over. And they are currently right now in the process of digitizing, creating digital uh, a digital archive of all of these fanzines. Now, fanzines back in the day, it was, hey, I'm a real big Star Wars fan. I'm going to write this essay and I'm going to maybe write a fan fiction and draw a picture and I make copy, you know, I make photocopies or mimeograph copies and I staple them together and I fold them and I put them in the mail and I send them to the 10 people that are paying me 25 cents for it or something like that, where fanzines would talk about, you know, they would do think pieces and analysis and reviews and, and responses to each other. Well, someone's over here wrote about this and here's what I think about that. And you had these, you know, fan driven publications that were essentially magazines, but they weren't the the spit and polish, glossy page stuff. So the fanzine was basically just, you know, you type it out on a piece of paper on your typewriter and you make a copy and you send it. And from that, you have 
things like Starlog and Film Facts and Cinefantastique and Fangoria and Gorezone and, uh, and all of these different things. And as we saw Fangoria come back into a new print edition, and now with the new owners talking about uh, Gorezone and Starlog coming back in a digital format uh, sometime this coming year, our conversation over the last, I don't know, five, six years has been that at some point I would like to do a print edition of some of our stuff. Now, the challenge with that is, you know, the the news of the day being so, you know, so much a 24-hour cycle, breaking news, this is happening now, now, now. We do our weekly wrap-up of the headlines on Good Morning Multiverse. That kind of thing doesn't lend itself to a to a quarterly publication or a monthly publication or by you know every every six months or anything like that. So the question of of what goes into that kind of a thing uh, has always been part of it. But last night, what we decided to do, we're going to go ahead and bite the bullet. We have tried an Indiegogo campaign before with regard to uh, a building a new site for a TV channel online so we could get out of YouTube. That didn't work. But uh, what we're thinking about we're going to do next is an Indiegogo campaign to raise money for our own print edition so sci-fi for me magazine, sci-fi for me, I don't know what we'd call it. But in the tradition of Starlog and Fangoria and the, and the fanzines of the 30s and 40s, where we have a mix of essays and articles and interviews, uh, maybe some behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, uh, some artwork, some well, and and do like puzzles and and some fun stuff like Starlog used to do with the crossword puzzles and the word find and and the the single panel cartoons and that sort of thing, and publishing original fiction as part of that as well. And so raising the money on Indiegogo and crowdfunding that kind of a project would give us the financial resources where everybody contributing to that book could get paid. So. From the from the standpoint of publishing original fiction, that's something that we've wanted to do for a long time, but have never been able to do because I don't want to pay in exposure. Uh, it it frustrate it continues to frustrate me that I'm not able to pay the people who contribute on a regular basis, but I don't want to open up sub, you know open submissions for original fiction and get the the first electronic non-exclusive rights to publish original stories and the people writing those stories don't have anything to show for it other than bragging rights that that's not fair to anyone and so one of the things that we want to do with this indiegogo campaign is have the money to pay our regular staff and also pay for original fiction so two or three stories in addition to the essays and the articles and the interviews so that's what we're hoping to do with this one and see what happens. And, you know, maybe maybe it becomes a thing, maybe not. Uh, but right now I'm thinking we, uh, we might launch, and this is, again, this is an unrefined plan at this point. We just announced it, and I'm going into a little bit more detail here. <laughs> but what we'll probably do 
is take the next three months to make a plan and launch the Indiegogo campaign on our 12th anniversary in March. So we could raise the money, and by that time, we have a better idea of what we're going to do. I think the goal might be to do 60 pages and see what happens there. So, yes? Um, really fast, uh-huh. since you had mentioned it and you're talking about fanzines, um, it is the University of Iowa in their library. It's the Hevelin Collection, where they're digitalizing digitalizing all of this. Um, and they've got documents starting back as early as in the 30s. Yep. For these, um, what they do have scanned and put into the database is available online if you go to the university uh, library. Can you do you have a link Links. that you can put into the to, <clears throat> to the chat widget? Yeah, I'll throw that into the chat. Uh, and some of these fanzines, they are really intricate essays. They're not, you know, uh, it's not Raylo shipping and. Uh, you know, sparkly vampires that turn into Fifty Shades of Grey type of thing. Although you might find some of that. But there are some uh, very well-reasoned, well-researched essays and articles and, and opinion pieces in some of these things that really demonstrate how smart the genre audience is. Uh, fans of science fiction and fantasy and horror are are, are really uh, a lot of them are deep thinkers, and there are a lot of these fanzines that demonstrate that quite handily. So yeah, we will we will make a link. Uh, we'll put a link in there in in the chat. But that's something that we're looking at possibly doing. Well, we we are going to do it. We're going to go ahead and bite the bullet and do it. So probably uh, probably in March we will uh, launch the campaign. So between now and March, we've got plenty of time to build up awareness and start talking to people about it. Uh, If you have suggestions for the kind of articles that you would like to see in something like that, uh, I mean, we've got, uh, you can see behind me there, I've got uh, my old copies of Starlog. I can go through it. We'll see what kind of stuff they've got in there. We've got interviews that we've done with people that we could probably repurpose uh, for some of that. Uh, but we'd like to do some new con- uh, new content, new programming, new uh, new articles and uh, information and news pieces and profiles and, and that sort of thing. So uh, hopefully it's something that is a nice extension of what we do here. And uh, we'll get some different perspectives from some guest contributors, so people that are, that would not normally contribute to our site, but maybe they could uh, give us an article to drop in on this uh, on this magazine. Well, and I'm just going to throw this out there because I'm kind of going through some of their web stuff that they have uh, for University the university. Yeah, the university because they do. Uh, one of the things I did see on here is they have a zine and amateur press. Um, up there that they're for collections and so forth but this one just some of their special collections that they do have besides your usual you know books and stuff but they have a comic book collection up there as well and then they've got um, a Cosla and Sapienza fantasy and science fiction fanzine collection so that's a different one science fiction and fantasy pulps yeah, there's um, there's a lot of that. I mean, the it for us going up there, it's not a short drive. I mean, it's not a long drive; it's a short drive. Yeah. 
and I would say anybody else, but yeah, check out, I'll throw this link as well into the chat that kind of goes and has a list of the different collections that they have as well. Okay. And we'll also add those links to the show notes uh, underneath. So you have those uh, in case the live chat doesn't replay, we'll have those uh, available. But yeah, I'm thinking, you know, we've, we've got um, plenty of examples of what came before uh, in terms of format that I think would inform what the what the magazine will look like now we just have to populate it and i'm thinking 60 pages uh, and that would include the covers and we'll go from there probably black and white to save on on the cost of printing but do we do it as an eight and a half by 11 folded do we do it regular magazine size do we do it comic book size uh, you know there are there are things still what we've got to figure out on that kind of thing um, but yeah, that's, that's going to be in the works for 2021. We have a number of programs that are, uh, on hiatus or they're in development, some different things, some different ideas of, of programs that we've had that we just don't have the manpower to do. So again, if you're looking to contribute, if you're looking for any of those, uh, opportunities to be a part of our team, uh, definitely send us a note and let us know uh, because we will we will be open to uh, bringing on board new people as long as you understand right now this is all volunteer and I hate to do that but uh, yeah Sersova is another one that that uh, that I've looked at I think we definitely want to talk to them and uh, I don't know about the glossy pages yet maybe we'll do newsprint <laughs> yeah I'll get on the Peter Semetti band bandwagon there right so anyway, okay, so that's going to do it for us. That's the big the big plan. Uh, we've got, um, you know, like I said, several shows. You know, I would like to bring Comic-Con Carne back this year. I would like to bring back, you know, make Triple Bites and Deep Space Minds uh, regular shows that have an audience. Uh, we need to build the audience for Tartar Sauce. We've got a couple of other ideas for some different things that we want to do. So it's... Uh, uh, it's, it's going to be another building year. I would like to get the audience for the podcast side of things up as well. So we'll, we'll be noodling some ideas. And if any of you have suggestions, our email is open all the time, live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. Or you can use the contact page over at our website or leave us a comment. And in the meantime, we hope that you all have a happy holiday, uh, a safe new year. And we'll be back with regular programming the week of January 4th. And we do appreciate all of you being here, uh, all of you regulars coming back uh, again and again. Um, it means more than you could know. I mean, I can say it, and I can say thank you, and I can say we appreciate it, but words only go so far in expressing just how much we appreciate everybody coming back and being part of our audience. We hope you stick around. Because we've got some new stuff coming and we've got some, you know, plans and schemes and hopefully it gets better. But yeah, in the meantime, feel free to share the links to any of our videos, not just this one. Uh, share the link to our channel. Uh, find us on all of the different social media and connect with us there. And uh, we will be back in the beginning of the new year. <sighs> Energized and revitalized and... Who knows what else? 
So <laughs> that's going to do it for us today here live from the bunker. Thanks very much for being here, folks. Have a happy holiday. Stay safe. Wash hands. And remember, the only thing that travels faster than bad news is coffee. Back in January. <laughs> this has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.